Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You know what? I think I've just realized something. Something sacred to Ferrari that Lewis's move has tarnished. And no, it's got nothing to do with Lewis Hamilton himself. It's more to do with the actions of the CEO. You could consider this video a part two of sorts to my video here about Lewis Hamilton's move to Ferrari not being necessarily the end of the world for Mercedes. But they can probably recover from the initial shock of losing the seven-time world champion eventually. But after that initial shock of Lewis moving to Ferrari ebbed away, I started to think about something. I made a video ages ago about Fred Vasseur's initial frustration regarding resistance to change from the Ferrari higher-ups, which got so petty at one point that he couldn't even take a private jet with his buddy Toto without it rankling nostrils at the Scuderia. But then something cropped up in the Italian publication Correa della Sport, and that came back to mind yesterday while I was reading through the comments of the previous video. I'm doing my best to reply to as many as I can, but it's starting to get tricky now with the channel growing so fast. Amidst the apparent discord between Fred Vasseur and Ferrari's managing director Benedetto Vigna, there was a paragraph about the effect that John Elkin had seemingly had on the team. The new CEO has seemingly been doing his utmost to supposedly erode the disconnect between Ferrari the car company and Ferrari the F1 team. That there had been a pact between Enzo Ferrari himself and Gianni Agnelli, who was the Fiat president at the time of the late 60s, this case 1969, that meant that Scuderia Ferrari could effectively operate on its own and forge its own destiny without the car company Ferrari overseeing them and trying to do some micromanagement. That they could be independent, do their own thing which meant that Enzo Ferrari could do his own thing, him historically being more of a racer at heart rather than a businessman. He would rather go racing on top of that. And with Mr. Agnelli, seemed okay with that. And they came to that deal. And for the longest time, whilst Ferrari was successful, Ferrari didn't really need to advertise because the cars were on the track. They were winning. They were good. And that Ferrari red, the Ferrari legacy, Enzo Ferrari, just seeing a Ferrari on the road makes you just go, oh, that's nice. Much like with Tesla in a way, they didn't really need to do much advertising, there wasn't really much of a marketing department. You saw a Ferrari, you wanted one, and if you had the money one day, you'd probably get one. 
But that arrangement seems to have just fallen to the wayside, with John Elkin now starting to gain more and more control, and seemingly might have been initial rumblings as to why Fred Vasseur was initially supposedly frustrated with his situation when he became the Ferrari team principal at the end of 2022. That Elkin's impulsive acquisition of Lewis Hamilton has been the biggest admission that things were going to change and that the key ingredient of Ferrari's DNA had been snuffed out, something the late Enzo Ferrari held dear. And do you want another shocker of all of this? Is that John Elkin? He isn't just some rando who just came into Ferrari one day. No, he is the grandson of Gianni Agnelli. Yeah, I know. He is the current leader of the Agnelli family dynasty. And oh yeah, he's also the chairman of Stellantis, which is the culmination of Fiat Chrysler and the Peugeot Citroën group of multiple French manufacturers and including General Motors European division. Yeah, he's a busy boy. But clearly Elkin and the modern Ferrari business don't see this arrangement set out by his grandfather as being worthwhile anymore, as the apparent suddenness of this move to acquire Hamilton caught everybody napping. And all of this comes to a head when you find out that Carlos Sainz was this close to securing that contract extension that he was looking for. That he was looking for a two-year extension, Ferrari were dragging their heels seemingly wanting a one-year extension to try and see what happened with Oli Berman. If he did well at Haas, then they could bring him up to Ferrari to learn under Charles Leclerc, who would then be the de facto leader still. And things were looking like, okay, that seems like a good plan. And it certainly made sense to keep signs for the short term because they are seemingly the most well-balanced lineup on the grid and certainly one of the least problematic. I've never really recalled a time where they really butted heads with one another. There have been some disagreements, but never an all-out confrontation. But then it comes about that John Elkin had been talking with Lewis Hamilton on an informal basis as early as Monaco last year. And then things came to a head and got serious in recent weeks when it started to become clear, according to rumblings, that Lewis Hamilton wasn't necessarily going to get what he was expecting from the Mercedes executive board, and that thusly, it left him a bit disillusioned with his one plus one contract, instead of the long-term contract and an ambassadorial role that he wanted until 2035. So naturally, in the wake of Ferrari having their most profitable year of all time and boasting profits of over 1.3 billion euros, they're feeling quite frisky, and they want to go shopping. And thusly, the CEO felt compelled to pounce on Lewis and do what Nicky Lauda did back in 2012 to convince Lewis to go to Mercedes by just going, go on, Lewis, you know you want to. You want to end your career in red? We'll give you everything you want. And naturally, Lewis would accept this deal because he would be getting everything he asked for. And so the biggest driver transfer since Sebastian Vettel's sudden retirement of Fernando Alonso's replacing of him broke loose to the world after many years of suppositions. And supposedly these rumblings have been going back as early as 2015, which meant in one universe, we might have had Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton driving for Ferrari at the same time. Granted, securing Lewis Hamilton has been very good for Ferrari, the car company. Their stock price increasing on February the 1st by a total of 10%, and that increase has been sustained. And multiple valuation organizations have actually been bumping up Ferrari's valuation, so that means, in theory, their price will go up even more. These two mega brands are coming together, and this will see Ferrari's valuation just go sky high for the foreseeable future. It's a coup. It's an absolute coup. Apologies if I'm cooing like a pigeon, but it really is an absolute coup. This to me feels like a major power grab from the executives of Ferrari, and we're seeing a lot of that lately. You just get the feeling that all of the big companies that supposedly own the Formula One team are realizing that, hey, this side of the business is making a lot of money. I want to have more control in that. I want to actually have a say in where things go, and I might not necessarily like where they're going right now, so 
I want to say what things happen, and then, for example of Elkin, I want Lewis Hamilton, I can get Lewis Hamilton, you're having Lewis Hamilton. And this makes perfect sense because in the last few years, the valuation of Formula One and the teams have just gone sky high. All of this meaning by the end of 2023, Ferrari, the Scuderia, are now valued over $3 billion, $600 million more than what Mercedes, the F1 team, is valued. They and Ferrari are the only two teams that have secured substantial profits of over $50 million. The rest of the team is gaining smaller profits, but that is a far cry from back in the day when the cost cap wasn't a thing and teams could spend whatever they wanted in the pursuit of glory. And thusly, having a team that posted losses was quite commonplace. So no wonder a lot of teams kept folding, they had to spend themselves into oblivion. When you couple Ferrari's valuation of over $3 billion, and Lewis Hamilton's supposed personal worth of over $300 million, combine the two, that would be an immediate, immediate 10% increase on Ferrari's valuation. A funny little observation I noticed, and I know it doesn't make any sense, but Lewis's personal value, it meant that in a way, he could buy Williams in 2020, because they were worth about $200 million. So. Lewis could have been the brand new owner of an F1 team, and considering how well Williams are doing right now and how much they're worth, he would have made a huge return on his investment. Yeah, I know, that's not how it works in terms of assets, but you know, it was just a funny shower thought. Or funny ladder thought. So naturally, with Ferrari the F1 team being so rich, and is now worth 5% roughly of Ferrari's current market valuation, their ticker being race, the CEO of the business might want to try and find ways to control the team to make it even more profitable. So naturally, including Lewis Hamilton in not only the Scuderia Ferrari, but in the Ferrari brand afterwards and for a long time afterwards, it would just be gravy all the time. If you have commercials or events where Lewis Hamilton rocks up in a Ferrari and is wearing a Ferrari cap and Ferrari regalia or even a race suit, it would be seen all over the world. Millions of Lewis Hamilton fans will be ditching their Mercedes regalia and getting the Ferrari stuff as well, mingling with the Tafosi, and you'd have a super group of fans. So that's great for the business, absolutely great. But is this good for the team itself? Yes, in the short term, because all eyes will be on Ferrari and Lewis Hamilton, and more people will be watching Formula One just to see Lewis Hamilton racing in red, and thusly improving Formula One's prospects in terms of regaining relevancy that had been losing in the wake of Max Verstappen's domination. Seeing Lewis changing teams and it being Ferrari of all teams, yeah, people are going to be talking about F1 by default again. And also, I can understand why something had to be done to get Ferrari back to winning ways, considering how dominant Red Bull have been. Something drastic had to be done to try and catch up. And when you grab somebody who is experienced like Lewis Hamilton and has gained all of those world titles and has been part of a hugely successful team for many years, that kind of insight and experience could be valuable and could, in theory, help out the likes of Charlotte Claire to gain some insight. They both get along, supposedly. We don't know as teammates, but it can only be good, right? Right? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kate, but surely hiring Fred Vasseur seemed to be just the ticket to get things back to winning ways. And whilst 2023 was a little bit vague in terms of progress, you could tell that his influence was starting to make a positive change in the little things in the general climate. He had managed to secure the long-term future of Charles Leclerc, whose future had been a little bit uncertain because of the downtick in performance and whether or not other teams could be poaching Charles. And they managed to keep the golden boy of the Tifosi absolutely secure for the foreseeable future. Great! And the new Ferrari car was looking to be even more interesting and being approved by Charles himself, having gained all the downforce lost over the last couple of years, and then some. Things are looking absolutely gravy! It was looking more and more likely that Ferrari could start to chip away at the advantage that Red Bull had over 24 and 25, and then by the time you get to the new regulation changes for 2026, they might have a really good established position to get back to what they wanted to do and hopefully have a much more reliable campaign and start off like they wanted to do in 2022 before the engine kept going kaput. But then in comes Lewis Hamilton to fulfill his dream of being a Ferrari driver, which in of itself isn't a bad thing because pretty much any Formula One driver would want to one day drive in red. But something about this to me, whilst shocking, just didn't quite sit right within my mind. It didn't seem like this was meant to be part of the plan. Ferrari, the company, had decided to take matters into their own hands, dissatisfied with the slow progress that Fred Vasseur had been making, and decided that a shock and awe tactic of bringing in Lewis for 2025 was the only way to get things moving as fast as they would want it to. And seemingly for Mr. Elkin, it was easy. Just give Lewis everything that he asked for that Mercedes had denied him. Easy as that. And something I think that will matter the most to Lewis, a genuine role of being a brand ambassador for a dream team like Ferrari. And if Lewis does get that eighth world title for Ferrari and end the drought that Michael Schumacher ended back in 2000 since Jody Schechter in 1979, I reckon that a lot of people will just attach Ferrari and Lewis Hamilton as one. Lewis will be known as a Ferrari driver, not necessarily by default a Mercedes driver. And Ferrari are banking on that. If they can get that attachment, then they will have had up at the top, a driver with eight world titles, and then Michael Schumacher, a driver with seven titles. That prestige? Ooh, very big bucks. It's a short-term fix, sure, but will it work in the long term? I'm not quite so sure, but I hope that it will for the betterment of Ferrari themselves, because they are a part of Formula One. And also, I am extremely happy that Lewis Hamilton does get to live out his dream. He deserves it. He deserves to end his career on a high doing something that he wants to do. But I reckon that this act, perpetrated by Elkin, has sort of undermined what Vasseur was trying to do in a slow and steady process in building up Ferrari to championship winning ways again. As we saw with the inclusion of Ross Braun, Jean Todt, Michael Schumacher, Rory Byrne, it was a very slow process of slowly building up that team to where it could then be vying for championship glory in a couple of seasons time. It does take time to build a winning team. Red Bull are an example of that. It took them several years to go from acquiring Adrian Newey in 2007 to winning the title in 2010. It took four seasons. And I don't think that Lewis Hamilton will be going for a title immediately as soon as he walks in through the door. 
With Hamilton being parachuted in, it's another dynamic that wasn't expected and puts the integrity of the team into confusion, with Charles Leclerc having to effectively relinquish his leadership role that he's had effectively since Monza 2019 as Vettel's leadership waned. I just find this really odd that Charles Leclerc would accept something like this, that he would accept relinquishing his leadership post, being the golden boy, having to play second fiddle to the likes of Lewis Hamilton, who has historically wanted the reassurance from the team that he was the number one driver and that everything would revolve around him. And if that authority is challenged by another driver, then it could cause fireworks or it would at least cause a little bit of friction. And also, what does it say about Charles Leclerc? That he's happy to just take this on the chin and wait for Lewis to have his fun and then retire and then he can be the leader again? Maybe the interpretation is that Elkin has looked at Leclerc's performance and said, no, that's not good enough. Leclerc is not getting results. We need something bigger. So in a way, the golden boy has been undermined by the CEO. Again, this is all just speculation and conjecture and stuff like that. But to me, this is a major smack across the face from Charles Leclerc saying, you're not doing the business. We need somebody else. But yet we also acknowledge that you are still a young person that can then improve. So we're not going to get rid of you entirely. But then look out for Ollie Behrman. Hmm. Or maybe it was part of Fred's dream one day and then it was suddenly realised without him even knowing it. Because Fred and Lewis still talk to this day, almost at every single Grand Prix weekend, ever since he and Lewis were working together at ART in GP2, and that ultimately got Lewis's seat at McLaren for 2007. Apologies if I'm yapping about like some madman, but I am a professional yapper and ladder man, it's what I do. Hiring Lewis right now is a bit of a mismatch because this comes down to little things, like sponsors. Ferrari have recently extended their relationship with the likes of Celsius, an energy drinks company. And then in comes Lewis Hamilton, who has a personal sponsorship with the likes of Monster Energy. How's that going to work? These two companies work in the same ecosystem and are effectively rivals. Are we going to have Lewis with the logos of Monster only on his car and no Celsius logos? Or are we going to have two logos on the same time and then it's a bit of a clash and then conflict of interest? It's like... It's these little things that make me think that this was a last minute best pocket manoeuvre from John Elkin saying, I got Lewis, you're going to have him. And then everything else has to fall into place from there. And again, considering that the talks with science were still ongoing and were almost completed, and then in comes Lewis to disrupt all of that and then send signs packing despite all of the work he's done over the last few years and then making me remind myself of that McLaren video where they were asking Ferrari to take care of him. And now Zach Brown's going, look at how they massacred my boy. You just feel like something's off here, that this is pretty much Ferrari the company looking at the team saying, you're not doing this fast enough. We're going to take action and get one of the biggest drivers in F1 history to drive for us and hopefully bring us some glory right now instead of sorting things out for the long term and 2026. What happens if Lewis comes in and then it doesn't work out? If he has passed his prime and he cannot get that eighth title or he can't beat Charles Leclerc. With that supposed $100 million a year deal, it's going to be something that gave Mercedes cold feet for not giving Lewis a long-term contract at Mercedes. Of course, I could be absolutely wrong. And Lewis takes to Ferrari like a duck to water and he gets that eighth title. If he does, fantastic. One of the best decisions in F1 history. But there is still that uncertainty. There's still that degree of integration. It takes time for drivers to get used to a brand new team. Schumacher, 96. Sure, he got a couple of wins, but everyone's expecting him to hit the ground running and getting a third title immediately. But he didn't do that. He wasn't even close. But in any case, to me, this feels like the death knell 
or the lasting piece of legacy that Enzo Ferrari and Gianni Agnelli left back in the 60s, now being eroded by the guy's own grandson. I don't know, I just need to get this off my chest. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.